all right my people uh, once again it's your boy e-ray aka gilgamesh and you sitting in on the fireside chats here with the lionhead circles den um i'm being blessed again with my baby cousin um with the baby cousin um uh, we about to he town business now but i want to get into uh my baby cousin sent me a text a couple days ago or something like that about i guess a police officer or some policeman um tmz was saying that you know the dude was trying to get brownie points and they had took some pictures of you know what i'm saying of my man kobe and his you know what I'm saying the people that died in that plant in that uh helicopter crash in uh cali and you know what I'm saying and it was pretty gruesome i guess and whatnot and i just want to get his take on you know the whole reason why he sent me the text um as far as me you know what I'm saying? I, I think it's kind of crazy, you know what I'm saying? But I, I, I understand those situations. Not saying that I understand it and I think that it's, it's cool, whatever. But, you know what I'm saying? Me being an ex correction officer and um, and I, I see how our cats move sometimes. Like, especially like if it's a high, um, like a high priority or celebrity or somebody coming in or something like that, you know what I'm saying? How individuals, you know, would, you know what I'm saying? take to these type of things like that but you know what I'm saying? i would never in a thousand years think that somebody would do that and be trying to show that so they can get brownie points or whatnot uh and big ups to the dude at the bartender or whatever who called them out you know and called the police say hey, man you got this police over here showing this trying to pick up this chick showing her some dead pictures of you know what I'm saying some you know bad you know what I'm saying bad situation for individuals regardless of whatever it Whatever you feel about Kobe or whatever, I mean, some things is just in bad taste. So what you, what you what you think about that baby cousin? What what you know what I'm saying? What was what 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 uh prompt you to send me that text? Cuzo. Uh, uh Were you on that I message? think it's pretty uh I think it's pretty uh sickening. Why why would you say weird sickening? statistic? <laughs> and weird and sadistic at the same time and uh somebody <laughs> somebody needs some hugs or something yeah i mean that's They're crazy yeah that's crazy but i mean it's crazy because you wouldn't you wouldn't think that you know what i'm saying just and, and this is why i tell people a lot of people people don't understand you know what i'm saying i mess around with a lot of people whatever you know what I'm saying? Like, most cats know me, know I always talk about I'm from 612 Grove in Laguna. Uh, that's that's a, a address in Fillmore, San Francisco, California. Uh, that's where I grew up. That's where I was born. And I was raised to about, like, 11, 12 years old before I moved to Mississippi to Dirty. Um, being from a person from an urban society or a city, and especially a city as large as Frisco, that's like equivalent to being in New York being in LA, Miami, you know, these, these big cities, you know what I'm saying? Um, you see gruesome things. You see, you know what I'm saying? I was exposed to stuff probably at a, at, at a young age that I probably shouldn't have been exposed to. Um, I, I can recall one time, um, my grandmother, you know what I'm saying? God bless her soul. Uh, we call her grandma, Catherine, Catherine Jacobs. 
um, she had told me and one of my older cousins, my big cousin Kim, uh, she was like, you know, her favorite, her choice of, you know what I'm saying, of the, of the, of the tobacco poison was Winston 100s. And she would keep a coin purse in her bosom. I don't know. I mean, I, I know a lot of people can relate to this, but I remember her, you know, always having a coin purse in her bosom and she would take the coin purse out of her bosom. And this is uh, not just because she was being kind of um, lazy or whatever, or, you know, what I'm saying so it was it was essential because, you know, saying she had cats around her, you know, what I'm saying which is in itself kind of like crazy. Think about it that she she couldn't trust. So. The, the the most safest place she could possibly put it would be her bosom but anyhow uh she she took this this coin purse out of her bosom and she asked me and my cousin kim to go to the uh corner store it was a store called virgos um my grandmother she lived on buchanan street and so me and my as me and my cousin were leaving out my it would, would be my my grandmother's front door uh, it was adjacent to uh, a project called Banneker Home Projects. So we we as we step out the door to go, and it's probably twilight at this point, just becoming, you know, saying dark. I don't, I don't remember what time of the year it was, but you know, me and my as we walk out, we see you see flash of light. I hear gunshots. I, I can't even tell you to this day what type of gun it was, whatever. I didn't, I know I seen sparks, and I seen like figures in the foreground running. Uh, I see I, I vaguely saw like a body drop, and whatnot, and I saw several men chasing some other individuals. I can remember at a certain point my cousin pushed me kind of down, and we kind of she kind of like put her body over my body, if I'm remembering everything correctly. And we kind of crawl back backwards into the door front. So I can see something. I seen something gruesome. I, was, I couldn't have been no more than about probably seven or eight. Uh, about to go to the store with my older cousin. And to pick up some cigarettes from my grandmother. Because at this time, we, you used to bring a note to the grocery store. I mean, to the corner store. And they knew my my grandmother was known in 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 Fillmore. She was known in Virgo. They knew my grandmother. They knew Catherine Jacobs. You know what I'm saying? She was a warm soul, so they knew her. And 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 that's that's I, I guess I try to say that to say you know about you know seeing seeing something gruesome or whatever and and me being humane or whatnot and thinking about damn you know I seen that and. You know, I went. Why would I wouldn't want to brag and show somebody? Like I can kind of see, like man, this is a situation, and telling somebody, look, man, this is what we saw. You know what I'm saying? But you know, so I wouldn't do it as far as to pick nobody up. I feel that's kind of weak in itself. You know, whatever. And if you're a female, and you like you digging that, whatever. That's kind of crazy, whatever. But you know, I'm I'm a. That's just my that's my view on it. I know my cousin says sadistic and stuff like that. I'll let him kind of uh, add to that a little bit what what you saying uh, baby cousin um, because I, I I know like you know what I'm saying you probably seen gruesome things too and whatnot and I don't, I don't know 
I I know my I know we you know what I'm saying we've been on I know you all my whole life, and I, I mean even though we it was been a point where you know what I'm saying we had like a separation of years where you know what I'm saying I, when I first moved to Mississippi it's whatnot we kind of fell out of contact with each other, but you know from the time I came back in like '98, um, you know what I'm saying we 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 kind of talk on a more of a regular basis so. We kind of know each other a little bit, you know what I'm saying, as far as that kind of stuff. Like seeing something sadistic or whatever or whatnot, like like that, and like showing somebody or whatever to to get brownie points to, you know, possibly you think you're gonna get the girl, you think you're gonna, you know, bag her or something like that. That's kind of that's kind of inhumane. Not to just, and it's not just Kobe or whatever. Like I said, I, I don't know what people where you at on everything, but my baby cousin boy, he on something. But uh, yeah, yeah, I don't know, but I really don't know. Boy, you must be doing that medicine right now, huh? No, no, no. I'm sorry. I forgot we was recording. Okay. Yeah. What you doing right now? Shooting pool. <laughs> what? How the hell are you shooting pool right now, baby cousin? I got that eye thing. Oh boy, you ignorant boy! Oh man, don't go into that eye thing, boy. Oh man, yeah, I, got that eye, I got that eye thing. My baby cousin got that. Uh, he got that official price. I, I ain't. No, I don't got. You got the official price. <laughs> I don't. I mean, I got an iPhone for work, but um, I, I prefer Android any day. I mean, I, I mess with them Samsungs. I, I mess with them Samsungs. You know what I'm saying? I got that S7. Right now, I'm probably gonna get something. Probably gonna try to get that 10 note or something like that, that next generation note. But yeah, you know, me and my cousin, we go, we 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 do this, and he know he got that that play learn grow phone. He got that Fisher Price though. I'm not I'm not gonna get into it about that phone boy. <laughs> because he already know. Hey, so. he got that Fisher mm-hmm. Price. I mean, he he swear cause you know he town business so. You know what I'm saying? I don't know if it's everybody from the town. They, you know what I'm saying? They, they, I don't know if they attached to the, uh, well, I know it ain't everybody from the town because he got a twin brother. And his twin brother, we both be like clowning him about that. He be, oh, all right, Alpha. But he know his play, he know his, uh, uh, play, learn, grow. He know he got that play, learn, grow. You know what I'm saying? That Fisher Price, though. He know that. Ain't that right, baby cousin? Nope. <laughs> nope, not at all. What, what, not at all. Not what, at all. What you mean, not at all? Because you you already know it's, it's Apple. Come on, man. Come on. What, what you Keep mean? What that mean is Apple. What that mean? That means play, learn, grow. I know you got that Fisher Price. You got that. You got that. No, Fisher no, no. Price. Fisher Price. <laughs> Fisher Price literally means play, learn, grow. Yeah, play, learn, but, grow. But 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 Apple means. Play, learn, grow as far as in real progress. No, nah, man. What, advancement. What, okay. I, I'm going to say this, and then I'm, I'm going to let you I'm gonna let you go on your... You're trying, your, you're I, trying, to, you're trying to channelize me. Hey, look. Hey, look. I'm, I'm going to say this, and then I'm going to let you go on with your uh, with your Apple rant. Uh, Todd McFarlane. I mean, Boy, I ain't going to go on no Apple rant. <laughs> Todd McFarlane be talking about that all the time. He be talking, like, in, like his interviews and stuff. Like Todd McFarlane, my dude, man. I I I I mess. I fucks with Todd McFarlane. He's the creator of Spawn, whatever. Like he he be saying some really inspirational things that I, I fucks with. 
um, he he said this one thing about because he he if if anybody know me like know Todd McFarlane, he's you know saying one of the founders of Image Magazine, probably like the the number one guy, creator of Spawn, you know, so many he's uh created he cre- actually created Venom character for Marvel and he's created some co created I think Deadpool and some other stuff. But what why I why I fucks with him even more because he invoked independence. And um he kinda like you're fucking kidding me. <laughs> this dude still playing. This nigga still playing with his phone. Wow. <laughs> this nigga wild boy. Hey, look. Hey, blood. Hey, you wild, blood. Hey, look. But look. You know that message too. But hey, get back to my man, Tommy Farley. He say like, you know what I'm saying? He was like. If he can only make eighty thousand dollars, oh, I told you I was shooting pool. <laughs> I think, oh, man. I, anyway, hey, blood, so, you you go blind doing that blind. I told you that before. You go go blind, blood. <laughs> no, 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 Oh shit! But look, uh, what you, uh, you baby, you're making me fuck up. <laughs> but Tom McFarlane, my man, he ill though. He said, you know, if he can only make eighty thousand, he good. He like, man, if I just make eighty thousand, I'm good. And he was saying, the artwork he was doing for the major company, you know, saying the corporation Marvel, because it became a machine. He was making only four percent. Although he was doing all this creative stuff for Marvel, you know, with these characters and whatnot, he's only making four percent of the profit of these things. This is why he 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 kind of went off and he did this whole thing about uh, independent artists and what you create, you keep. Kind of like uh, what's my man, uh, the Chronic Aritic, you know, what I'm saying if if you know, what I'm saying if you kill it, you keep it, whatever, you know, or so to speak, you know, what I'm saying if you conquer it, you keep it. So he was he he empowered people to create, and he said, "Look, if I can if I can make a hundred percent of my own creation, I can make eighty thousand. You know, I'm good. I'm good at making eight thousand a year. But he surpassed that. He made more than eighty thousand. You know what I'm saying? Because he and then you got to remember, he was saying like, if I like I get I, I'm just throwing out numbers. Say Marvel, Wolverine or whatever, whoever he was drawn for." sold a million copies of that comic he only got four percent of that now say you sell your own comic and you only sell maybe a hundred or fifty or seventy thousand but you got to remember you charging maybe two dollars a comic so if you sell a hundred thousand that's two hundred thousand so that's a hundred percent of that but he said he wasn't even doing that. He was selling the same amount or even more because he surpassed his creation surpassed the top selling uh, comics such as like the Superman's, the Batman's, and like you know, saying those were the top selling ones at the time. His character was selling more than those. And then he got into like making toys and stuff. There's something that I want to venture into with my artwork that I do because you know you can check me out on Lionhead Circle. Uh, you can see my art also on YouTube. I got a channel called You Art With Me. 
uh, where I produce uh, my artwork and stuff like that. I'm doing narration over my artwork and stuff like that. But um, getting back to my little plug that I just put in, um, he's he's teaching. He was teaching independence. That's why I fucks with him, and I, I I like. I can tell he came. He a Canadian cat too, and like he he came like from that golden age of hip hop. You know what I'm saying too. You know, I can like in a way he talking in there, like the way he talk when he doing his art stuff, when he do his stuff on YouTube and stuff. I watch him too, you know what I'm saying, and you know, saying so I can you know hone my craft and my art stuff as well. But you know, what I'm saying that's that's what I'm trying to get to. But I know I went on longer than whatever. But but the point I was getting to, he he talks about. He's like he was doing all this creative stuff, and Marvel was hating on him. They was like, well, you know, why are you making their capes? So why are you uh, coloring outside. Why are you drawing outside the box? You know, cause you know, like comments got those little box baby cousin. Um, mm -hmm. yeah. and, and like everything was drawn in the box. He was the first one to start going outside the box. That's why if you look at some of my art, that my latest art that I've been doing, I put like a, a box around it, but then I go outside the boxes it, because you know what I'm saying? McFarlane inspired me, you know what I'm saying? To do that, you know what I'm saying? And, um, he said it wasn't nothing new. It, it it was just something like he said anybody other artists could have did it, but I guess he was saying he was bucking the system. He was bucking the system, and they was like status quo. They was like, oh, why are you doing that? He said the editors and all that for Marvel and you know DC. They was like, man, why you keep doing that? Why you making the cape so so flowing? And why you you know what I'm saying? Because they was used to like you know the cookie cutter. You know we we doing this cookie cutter. You you messing up our formula. You know what I'm saying we was getting money like this, and you messing up the money. You know what I'm saying you messing up the bag, so to speak. The young boys say. As the young boys, as the Thundercats say, them young Thundercats be saying, but there was he was like, nah, he just doing, he just being creative, cause what he what he essentially saying, he's saying like, I don't, he didn't feel that he was the 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 most, um, he didn't feel like he was the greatest artist of them all, so he was just trying to carve a niche in for himself to make him stand out, but I guess if you do that. People take that as, oh, you trying to be cocky. You trying to tell us. We've been do, doing this for years. We created this. You know what I'm saying? And now you trying to tell us that we wrong. And he was saying, like, I'm not saying y'all wrong, bro. I'm just trying to, I'm just trying to do something. You know what I'm saying? Because he's saying he's spending all his time doing this art. And he's trying to make it fun for himself. He's trying to think outside the box. And sometimes people don't want you to think outside the box because they cool with the status quo. One of the major things that I hate when I'm at work and, um, I, I talk to individuals and they're like, oh, that ain't my job. Or, you know what I'm saying? Oh, we've all we've done this all all the time. Even though it's, it may be wrong, not not to say he was saying it was wrong, but you know, sometimes it be things doesn't be wrong. But they said we've been doing this for years. All of a sudden y'all want to change that, but it's been wrong for years. So you need to change it. And they don't understand that. I guess people don't understand that. And they be like, I don't know. It it be it's crazy to me, bro. But that's what, but he, what he said was, and to add to that, the whole reason why we, we, we kind of, I'm bringing everything back, you know what I'm saying, to where, where I was trying to go to begin. I know I, I went off to the deep edge, but he was talking about Apple, like jobs. He said it was already here. He said the smartphone was pretty much already here. But at that time, when uh, jobs created the Apple iPhone, he said, he said he made it sexy. 
he, I said this word he used for. He said he made it sexy, and the way he made it sexy was he said you're not gonna touch these buttons like you know a keyboard button or something like that. You're not gonna touch these buttons. You're gonna touch the screen, and it's gonna make it's gonna do everything that the smartphones already out there doing. But you gonna he gonna put this sapphire glass on there, and you are gonna touch this glass and move your fingers on this glass. Make a touch screen, and that was a sexy that he had to it. He didn't create no new, really new technology because you know, we as we all know that that interface touch screen stuff was already done and whatnot. But uh, damn, but what he was saying was that you know he just created something sexy. You got me, baby cousin. Yes, sir. So that's all Apple is. It's it's. It's he's like Jobs just showed you something sexy. He ain't sh- like it's no better than a Samsung or whatever. He just he just marketed it well. Just the same thing McFarlane said. He did. He said he's not doing nothing different. He just made it sexy. He just made the characters look a little bit more pleasant to your eye or whatever. It was different. You know what I'm saying? And he knew he felt people would dig it. You know what I'm saying? But I'm I'm gonna let my baby cousin tell y'all why. He he like the Apple is all so great. Tell, tell me why the Apple phone is so great. That 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 Fisher Price. <laughs> tell me why the Fisher Price is so great, baby cousin. Yeah, boy, you got that humbug going on today. <laughs> tell me tell me why it's so great, baby cousin. Come on, drop the juice. Yeah, you got that humbug going on today. Uh uh, drop them juice, baby cousin. <laughs> drop them juice. Well, um, as far as I'm concerned, okay, functionality and operating system stability um and then uh just the user-friendly uh aspect of the phone very user-friendly simple controls and icons to do very complex things and sophisticated things and that's it so it's pretty and it's sophisticated so what do you steve jobs made the smartphone pretty sophisticated and and elegant at the same time very advanced with an advanced degree with a with a with a with a uh with a with three doctorates and then four masters and four masters and three bachelors they, they and is. two aas this mother is it's wild style kinko boy he on that medicine that's what that's what that's what i want to believe you on that medicine yeah boy you on that's that what med- i want to believe you on that medicine yeah boy <laughs> yeah, yeah, right. But uh, I, I still you know I ain't got sense. God give to a billy goat. Hey, look, you know, you know, sometimes. Hey, look, I think uh, I think you got a little snake slob on you right now. I think you got a little. Mississippi, our mom, my mom and his mama is sisters, so we got roots in Mississippi. So, uh, yes, right. That's I'm gonna right. let, his I'm gonna let mo, my his mo and my mo, they yeah. Hey, look, <laughs> his mo, his mo, and my mo is uh, is uh, 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 uh Nettie and Seely, yeah, they Nettie and Seely, baby. Without oh. mister, without <laughs> all right, tell, tell them the story behind uh, Snake Slobber, baby, because tell them the story, because uh, uh, oh man, this is. <laughs> 
story. Tell them the story behind they Snake Slobber. You want, you want, they want to hear about Snake Slobber. Tell, tell Snake Slobber, but because of, tell them the story of Snake Slobber. <laughs> this thing is ignorant as 10 niggas in Hollywood, boy. I tell you, he is ignorant as 10 niggas in Hollywood. Go ahead and tell him, blood. Go ahead and tell him. They want that Snake Slobber. <laughs> oh, that Snake Slobber. Our, our grandpa. <laughs> Uh, our grandpa, our grandmother, right? I'm, I'm gonna tell it. I'm gonna let him because he no, got I'm more. Gonna I'm gonna tell it. I'm gonna tell it. All right, go, go, go ahead and tell it, man. <laughs> go ahead and tell it because this nigga ignorant to niggas in Hollywood. So, my, uh, I was great. Let me see. So, um, my mom grew up around her. I want to say her was it Papa? Her was it great grandmother in a sense like on her mother's side so like my grandmother my grandmother's dad was married to another woman when my grandmother had my mom and they lived basically on a farm somewhere in Mississippi and uh, my mom grew up in the country and being a country girl, she said that most of her pets was the wild animals around her in her environment. And so uh, she was a little girl. She didn't know no better. And she used to keep all kind of wild animals and stuff like that and catch them and play with them. So she had this snake that was under the house. And the snake, uh, I guess, like my mom said, every time she'd go in the house to get something to eat or my grandmother would give her something to eat, she'll go outside and sit on the front porch or the steps or whatever out in the country where they lived at this house on the farm, and she would feed the snake some of her food. So if it was a biscuit, a sandwich, or whatever, she would let the snake basically take a bite, which was very dangerous, but this is a little country girl growing up in Mississippi down uh, by Wolf River. Cause that's where she says she grew up. She grew up down by Wolf Rill. Boy, yeah, good boy, yeah. Ask for staying to live somewhere, Gulfport somewhere. Wolf River. That's Wolf. all I know is Wolf River. Wolf River in Delille, Mississippi. If y'all know, that's is near Pasquistan, Mississippi. Okay, that's that's Wolf River. That's Delille, Mississippi. That Wolf River. Yeah, D Town Delille. Shout out. Yeah, Wolf River, baby. <laughs> and so she said that she would let the snake basically put its mouth on her food and then she would take a bite of her food and eat it like she's having a meal she's sharing with the snake her snacks or whatever it was and she ended up coming down really ill getting really sick had to get rushed to the hospital uh i can only imagine what it was like being rushed to the hospital back in that time but this is probably the i don't know maybe the mid maybe mid to late 1940s, but I'll probably say the, the mid-1940s because my mother was born in 1943. Yeah. yeah. So this is probably like 1940... Probably maybe the 50s. Was she about seven or eight? She'd probably be a little older than that, right? She could have... No, she said she was about five or six or oh, something okay. like that. Okay, okay. So she... It, 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 the 40s wasn't even over with yet. Okay. So... um. She had to be taken to the doctor. She came down real ill. 
they couldn't figure out what was wrong. Well, I skipped the part. Her, my great-grandfather, my grandmother's father, or our grandmother's father. Yeah. He was called uh, the Ice, his name was the Iceman. Yeah, he was the Iceman in Mississippi. So, my great-grandfather, the Iceman, the Iceman, the Iceman, Henry Howard, (laughs) uh, uh, comes out and he shoots the snake. Nigga, he either shoots the snake or cuts the head, the snake head off. But I, I want to say he, uh, my mom said he shot the snake. So he saw my mom. One, my mom had been doing this for a while. So I kind of fast forwarded. My mother had been doing this for a while, sharing her boot with the snake. And so uh, finally, uh, my great grandfather watched her and saw what she was doing, and why she kept tucking food underneath the steps in front of the house and then he saw the snake so he kills the snake my mom comes up ill though right after that and they take her to the hospital like maybe a day or so later hours later possibly she becomes she comes down ill they take her to the hospital they can't figure out what's wrong and they they trying to figure out everything under the sun what's going on with her but they can't figure it out and then uh finally my great-grandfather tells them about the snake that she had been feeding underneath the front porch. And long story short, to uh, get to the end of this, she had been sharing her food with the snake. The snake's saliva and or venom got on her food, cross-contaminated with the food. So my mother had literally eaten some snake venom because she's letting the snake put its mouth on her food. So she comes down with the, the fever and everything else that's part of the side effects from having been bitten by a snake, but she hadn't been bitten. But it was a small concentration, a small amount. It wasn't lethal, thank goodness for her, because I wouldn't be here telling the story, but um, it was enough to have her rush to the hospital. And so um, after the doctors, after my great-grandfather told the doctors, what she had been doing and they figured out that it was a poisonous snake that she had been sharing her food with. They figured that she had become uh, poisoned by some of the snake venom because the snake had placed its mouth on her food. So while my mom is telling me this story last year, <laughs> I asked her, well, how did they know you were sick, mom? What, uh, what, what happened? How did they even know that something was wrong with you? And um, at first she couldn't, my mom country, so she was giving me all these crazy <laughs> obscure answers. And I'm like, I don't know what that means. And she was like, oh, um, from the snake. And I'm like, what you mean from the snake? How did they, what you mean? And she was like, oh, I, I got sick from that, uh, from that, uh, that, uh, the, the, from the snake, you know, from that snake, the snake. And I guess I was sharing the food with the snake. And I was like, you were sharing your food with the snake? <laughs> and she was like, yeah. And she was, I was like, you let a snake put its mouth on your food and then you ate behind it? And she was like, yeah. And I was like, so... That's my what you, what you, I was like, so how did you, so I was like, so you, how did you end up getting poisoned? She was like, oh, um, from that, from that snake slobber. <laughs> <laughs> and I was like, what? And I was like, I was like, snake slobber, what snake slobber? And she was like, and I was like, oh, you mean, I was like, snake slobber, you mean the venom? <laughs> she, about the snake venom. she was like yeah the snake venom 
And I was like, oh, you calling the venom snake slobber. <laughs> yeah, so that's snake slobber. Oh, uh, yeah, so... so the, uh, now, snake slobber, now, snake slobber <laughs> is also being used metaphorically. It's, it's also being used metaphorically <laughs> for what comes out of the man's, uh, the man's uh, 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 penis <laughs> doing uh, sexual intercourse. <laughs> So that that cream, that cream, oh, stick them with the cream. Boy, yeah. You know what I'm saying? Like that's the man say decaf, stick them for the cream. Oh man. So that cream, that cream that be coming out the um, out angry. of the phallus. When the phallus, when the phallus start to cream, that's snake slobber too. Oh man. That, that's snake slobber. <laughs> so yeah, my mom got sick behind sharing her food with the snake and the snake slobber. Oh man. So uh... the snake slobber, also known as AKA Venom. Uh, yeah. AKA Venom Snake Slobber. So I'll be messing with my cousin a lot with this homegirl, uh, Messy Marlo. I'll be telling her. Here we go, here we go, here we go. And then and there we go, there we go. Winding it up. He's winding it up. And there he goes, getting it started. You think hey. MC Hammer, huh? Let's get it started. Oh. Hey, uh, so, oh. <laughs> I'll, be telling, I'll, I'll be telling my player partner, Messi Marlo, hey, don't he let him hit you with that snake slobber. Don't let him hit you with that snake slobber. Hey, and her no no spot. And her no no spot. And her no no right. spot. And no no spot. Boy, them boy, no hey. no spot. Hey, nigga, you're gonna tell niggas in Hollywood, boy. Yeah, right, <laughs> you're gonna no tell no niggas in Hollywood. Hey, oh man. Oh shoot, boy, niggas got my stomach hurting, boy. Oh man, when you told me that story, man, I must motherfucker fell out. <laughs> I, got them, to... I got them Girl Scout cookies on and cracking, boy. Oh boy, this nigga told me about some snake slobber, man. I must have fell out when he told me this that's story. Like that snake slobber. Oh, oh man, this dude had my motherfucker stomach hurting, boy, with that snake slobber, boy. She said she got poison from that snake slobber. Oh man. So be careful with that snake slobber. That snake slobber makes them babies too. Boy, isn't what it's ignorant. She called them babies jelly babies. Oh man, oh yeah. <laughs> them jelly babies, boy. Oh man. This dude, this dude had my damn stomach hurting all the time. So this dude's dude ignorant. Hey man, his dude's ignorant. We really need to get our cousin Bolski Wolski on this phone on this damn thing right here, boy. That nigga's ignorant too. Cause that nigga be talking about that table leg. Oh man. That's that's a totally different thing. I I, I can't even I can't even t- I can't even get into the table leg with y'all right now. I can't even get into it with y'all right now. But yeah, but yeah, this is my cousin, old boy. He this boy that snake slobber story had my damn stomach hurting, boy. When he told me that my auntie, this is my auntie, and y'all, if y'all knew my auntie OG man, she she is like you know what I'm saying, she from the dirty, but like she grew up. Like my auntie actually used to hang out with uh, what's her Tina Turner and them right and uh, Shaka Khan mm-hmm. back in the day mm-hmm. when they mm-hmm. when they when she was out in the Bay Area because you know what I'm saying so they used to hang with my auntie OG and uh, my auntie OG man we all 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 the all the you know what I'm saying we all can relate to my auntie OG because she don't hold no punches and she she like she she trill she trill <laughs> she trill out here she trill out here but yeah boy. Oh man, this nigga had my damn stomach hurting about this damn snake slobber, boy. Snake slobber, boy. Them Girl Scout cookies is where it's at, boy. Boy, you must be on that medicine. That's why you. That's why them Girl Scout cookies like the bomb part. That's probably like man. That's like liquid mm-hmm. gold right now, huh? I buy the Girl Scout cookies outside of Walmart. Oh yeah, which kind? What kind you got? 
Trey Foyle's short bread, Playboy. You probably got that COVID nineteen, nigga. <laughs> I get that. I get that. Um, that Trey Foyle's short short bread, the Trey Foyles. The Trey Foyles. You know what I mean? Oh, that short bread um, ones. That yeah. short bread. Yeah. And uh, the that's man. a beautiful thing. Them Trey Foyle short breads. I like the damn man ones to tell you. And too. the damn mints too. Yeah, they're my, they're my I don't go past the shortbread and the thin mints. That's where I stay. Yeah. And what's they're the other, good. what's the ones with the coconut and the chocolate stripes on them? Yeah, I don't do those. What they call them though? They got too much going on. They too busy. Oh, they too busy. Too busy for me. What is this? Is I just want to enjoy the cookie. I don't want to. Uh, I'm gonna do all that. This boy wild style kink. It's too much. Nice. Yeah, I just like you know what I'm saying and I, and because you know I was I you know matter of fact. Your mom is the reason why me and my brother became Cub Scouts and Boy Scouts. Why? Okay, explain that to me. Why? why how that happened? Because uh, your 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 mom, my uh, my my baby, my big uh, my OG uh, my OG baby, uh, my OG baby auntie. OG baby auntie. She uh, yeah, OG baby auntie. She uh, she had uh, your older siblings. She had your three older siblings in the uh, Cub Scout and uh, Brownies. Yeah, cause wasn't so, Miss Cook wasn't Miss Cook Mama Nell? Her name was Mama Nell. Wasn't she like the the person who signed? Yeah, she people was up? something like that, right? Yeah. yeah, she was. And so, uh, your sisters, your two older sisters was uh, they were brownies. Yeah. And your brother was a uh, Cub was Scout. A, a Cub Scout. And yeah. that's how and that's how me and Mario caught wind of it because they your your siblings was and then when we um, got old enough or whatever. We was like we wanted to be in it, and then we just yeah. got in it. We just became Cub Scouts and uh, Boy Scouts in Oakland. Yeah, because you know, of course, that's where we was going to school. So we just joined when they came up to my elementary school in North Oakland. Um, I became a Cub Scout, and even though I'm not, I'm very non-patriotic uh, um, for uh -oh. many historical uh -oh. and, uh, uh -oh. and moral and principle purposes. Uh oh. But um, I did enjoy being a Cub Scout and a Boy Scout because. Uh, for one, it took me out of the, uh, not that my neighborhood was bad or nothing like that in North Oakland, but um, it took me out of my uh, my environment. It was a totally different experience of being away from home, camping, yeah. all that kind of stuff, learning how to uh, just be out in nature and all that kind of stuff like that, yeah. making stuff out of wood and learning all kind of little uh, tricks and techniques and all kind of ways to build and little, little, little micro survival techniques. Yeah. So I, I I really enjoy being a Cub Scout and a Boy Scout, uh, contrary to popular belief, uh, popular belief, because um, and it was fun too because I was, you know, I was outside the city, I got a chance to get outside of Oakland. Not that I didn't get outside of Oakland already, because my mom already took me a lot of places anyway. But I just got a, I got a chance to get outside of Oakland and go camping. That's what got me hooked on camping. Yeah. To be honest with you, was uh, being a Boy Scout. Because once I went camping as a Boy Scout, I was like, "Oh, this is fun as fun as hell." Yeah. And then I always wanted to go well, camping. Hey, hey, that. we hey we from the Bay, hella fun. Oh yeah, hella fun. <laughs> so after after being a after being a uh, uh, um, after being a, a Boy Scout, I was down for camping all the time. Shit. Yeah. Because I I, I'm, I'm, I like that. You know what I'm saying? That's that's uh that's therapeutic. Yeah. To go camping, and that's what a lot of us need to do. A lot of us need yeah. to. I mean, I know it's black folks that go camping, but a lot more of us need to go camping yeah. and get off the block, literally yeah. get off the block, so that way you ain't on the cell block either. Yeah. So you know, um, 
we need to go camping and uh, just go chill in the outdoors, away from all the cars, buses, trains, and planes, yeah. and uh, all that racket and foolishness and noise and screaming and and uh, 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 Instagram and I Facebook. Totally and agree, bro. All that social media. Um, that social media is that narcotic, boy. Oh yeah, that's it that is. Narcotic. It is. That social media ain't nothing but that narcotic. We we need. You know what <laughs> that's how the OGs. That's how the OGs say narcotic. They yeah. can't say narcotic. They say narcotic. Yeah, he said that's that narcotic. Yeah, I heard <laughs> that, that cocaine. So, you know, that cocaine. That's what camp see camping. When you go camping and that cell phone ain't got no signal and you ain't got no bars. Yeah, and you got to go way over to like by the store, by the campground, so you yeah. can get some kind of bars, make a phone call. That's that's when you know you cut off from the rest of the world and you on your own, buddy. I definitely, I definitely agree with that. And that's and that and yeah, when you get on your own, yeah, that's when that's when you're gonna start to use your own mind, your own brain, and start to think because you're on your own. Yeah, we talk about. Yeah, no, I joke. I've been joking a lot. You know what I'm saying? I, I, although I am taking, I, t- I take it very serious with the whole COVID nineteen and you know what I'm saying everything. I take it all serious. Uh, but I've been joking around talking about, oh, yeah, it's the zombie apocalypse, you know, because everybody, you know, talking crazy. You know, the stores is empty right now. You can't find tissue, toilet tissue. They they got the uh, the hand sanitizer mafias. They, you know what I'm saying, they putting hand sanitizer on the black market. But getting back to what my cousin was talking about, man, the most pivotal time in my life was when I moved from Frisco to Mississippi. We lived uh, in the country, in DeLille, Mississippi. We was in the country. We was like 15 minutes from the kill where Brett Favre and them from. So, you know what I'm saying? Being out there, I didn't have access to the corner store, to Best Corners, you know what I'm saying? Which is like literally across the street from where I live. So, and then I lost, I dropped a lot of weight because I, I wasn't eating candy and stuff like that. I was, I was getting fresh oxygen. I had trees all around me. You know what I'm saying? So... I had all these things, and then my mind was clear because you in a city in an urban environment, and I, I think like most people who live in an urban environment can contest to this. That's why a lot of people go to the islands or they go on vacations, or whatever, and go to tropical places or you know wilderness and stuff like that. Some people be oh whatever bugs, but sometimes you need to go and get in touch with. I mean, I think it's a spiritual thing. You know, what I'm saying you can clear your mind, you have you know clear thoughts and process things. You know, what I'm saying. Um, you can process the world a lot easier. Um, like I said, I didn't have, we didn't have for three years, we didn't have electricity and stuff. And I was like, uh, uh, according to, uh, popular, uh, beliefs, the people, people, oh, you know, you ain't live, you lived in a suburb most of your life, whatever, you know what I'm saying? They think that, whatever. Um, but they don't, they like, people don't really know you, but like me going out there and then like my grandfather, you know what I'm saying? Or our grandfather, he was, you know what I'm saying? When, when I first met him, he came to the city, and he was like a fish out of water, and I don't think my baby cousin, he, he can contest to that, like, the city life, like, I mean, he, he from New Orleans, you know what I'm saying, did, you know, did New Orleans, stuff like that, but my grandpa was a country dude, you know what I'm saying, we call him Bull Man, and, uh, and like, I learned so much from him, like, and I even tell my cousins, and then I'll be like, man, y'all... Y'all really, y'all got to see him, but y'all didn't get to see him in his, in his environment. Y'all didn't get to see him swim, you know, with the sharks, you know what I'm saying, in the country and stuff like that. Like, my grandpa, like, you know what I'm saying, fishing and hunting and stuff like that, you know what I'm saying. Like, you know, he he taught me so much stuff, like, in the, you know what I'm saying, on, out there, 
doing crops and stuff like that, cultivating and stuff like that. And, uh, you know, he was a bootlegger as well. <clears throat> so he would make uh, wine out of, uh, was it, I think they call them like muscanine grapes and stuff like that, which is wild grapes that grow in the south or whatever. Like, I've seen all the stuff that he's doing, you know what I'm saying? We used to go to the railroad tracks and pick blackberries, and he used to make blackberry dumpling. And I'm not like a big fruit, uh, a, a fruit person that eats like fruit desserts, but man, he he would kill it, man. You get some vanilla ice cream, put that blackberry dumpling on there, man. You talking about like something like from heaven? So like I got to see it and, and see him in his environment and and be in the south and be in the wilderness and stuff like that. I think that was very therapeutic. I have a, a great respect for people in the South and people live in like, you know what I'm saying, rural, rural environments versus urban. But, you know what I'm saying, I still, me personally, I like living in a place where I'm not living actually in a, maybe like an urban setting, but I can get to the urban setting when I want to. But I live in a place where, you know, I can, my mind be clear, not congested, people on top of each other, like, that can cause, that's why, why do you think people in these larger cities are so, like, you know, saying the way they are, because, and, you know, they say people, you know, a lot of cats from the city or whatever, they say, you know, you come down, they come down south, you know, saying somebody waving, you say, hey, what's up? That southern hospitality is real, because you don't have somebody on top of you all the time, you know what I'm saying? In the city, they got cats that live, been living in the same apartment complex, personally be living in, a, like, five feet from your door and you never speak to them and you be living there 30 40 years of your whole life y'all never even interact or speak to each other that's crazy but you know what i'm saying like my cousin's saying I, I definitely understand and i told him i was telling him i said man i can breathe easy because I, I grew up i had asthma and we know that a lot of urban places especially in uh like uh rural black communities i mean urban black communities like asthma is really high in those communities I had asthma growing up, and when I moved to Mississippi, man, I, didn't even, I grew out of it. I didn't even need asthma pump. I haven't used, you know, asthma pump or none of that stuff, you know what I'm saying? So, you know, and I'm in North Carolina right now, so, you know, it's it's totally different, bro. I I, I definitely, it, it's nothing like being in the, in the, like, around trees, you know, animals out, you know, about whatever. You might not see animals whatever, like that. You know what I'm saying? I remember the first time I saw a deer when we moved to Mississippi. It was crazy. Like, me and my dad were working outside because, like, we cleared a lot of our trees off our land. You know what I'm saying? That's why I got to be a bucking young man I am. You know what I'm saying? I used to chop trees down and stuff like that. And I remember once, one day I was outside. We was in the front yard. Me and my dad, you know, just come in. And I seen this deer hop my dad's station wagon. It was crazy. And then I seen these great Danes coming like, and they chasing this deer down. You know what I'm saying? And then uh, a few minutes later, this truck came down our dirt road on uh, Bernice Road, came down our, our dirt road. And like the guy had like a kennel on the back. And he was like, he asked my dad, I can remember him asking my dad, hey, you mind if I hunt? You no, know, on your on your property, you know what I'm saying? My dog just chased a deer over here, or whatever. My dad was like, you know, cool, just don't shoot back our way, you know what I'm saying? Whatnot. But yeah, man, it's it's a totally different beast, you know what I'm saying? And I I I, I like my cousin Turk, man, I, I got mad love for him, cousin Don and them, you know what I'm saying? Cause they you no, know, I'm I remember my uncle Eddie, um, 
you know what I'm saying? Even with him, like he 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 showed me like the cane pole fishing and stuff. And he's trying to show me like, okay, you want to get this kind of cane, you let it sit out and dry out, you know what I'm saying? Because we cut them, they like flush green. Then we let them sit out for like a few months or whatever, and they dry out and they get hard and show me how to do all that stuff. So, yeah, it was like learning that kind of stuff and hands-on. You know, my cousin Turk used to rebuild motors and take a motor out of transmission. I used to be picking them up and moving the transmission. He said, God damn, boy, you you a goddamn bull, boy. You know what I'm saying? It's my cousin Mississippi. You know what I'm saying? Like, God damn, boy, this motherfucker picked the whole damn transmission up. And I'm like 14, 15, 16 years old. You know what I'm saying? Picking up a transmission out of a damn car. I remember they used to like do them dot soons. They used to love them dot soons, boy. Him and my cousin um, Don, they used to mess with them dot soons. But and this is the reason why I like I always be talking about I'm built for tough because <laughs> I got a Ford truck because just growing up in that environment, most of the mill 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 I knew had trucks, Ford trucks. It was some Chevy trucks, whatever. But it was you know it was a truck culture. But my uncles that and my cousins that I was mostly around more of the time, they all had Ford trucks. So, you know what I'm saying? It was a staple that I guess something was imprinted in me, or, you know what I'm saying, to have a truck, a you know, Ford truck, you know, stuff like that. Because, you know, just kind of like seeing these individuals. And caddies, I love caddies since my grandpa uh, pops, my dad's dad. You know what I'm saying? So I, 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 I had like about three caddies in my life. Uh, I want to get another one pretty soon, but, you know, you know what I'm saying? Y'all keep listening to this. I'm going to get one. Then I'll post it too. <laughs> but, yeah. But, yeah, I definitely understand where my cousin coming from with, um, you know, things that change your life. Like, um, I think we, me and you talked about it the other day. We talked about, like, Common had a verse on one of his songs where he said, like, you know, he said, ask my partners when they, when, you know, when they want to go on a trip. He said they, he said they hadn't been passed downtown. And he, he said, that's deep. You know what I'm saying? Like, some cats haven't been past a four-mile radius of where they live. They, and they've been there their whole life, you know what I'm saying, and haven't gone anywhere or done nothing and experienced the world and uh, just interact with other human beings other than themselves that, you know, think differently. And I think that's why I can kind of relate to a multitude of different people because I, 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 I unlike my cousin, I know he'll probably go on and say something else about this, but I as myself – was in bilingual classes from kindergarten to about the second grade. So I was in, most of my friends are Hispanic as far as school, even though I lived in the Fillmore district, was a predominantly black district in Frisco. But I went to school in the Mission district, which is a predominantly uh, demographic of Hispanics. And the other half of my kindergarten class in classes, the other half was this lady named Miss Takeda, she was, I believe she was Korean, and, like, these were all first-generation, either Hispanics or people of Asian descent that were learning English as their second language, but they were learning, because they were in kindergarten, they were, they were, they were getting the best of both worlds, and I was, too, in a, in a sense, because their home, the, 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 the language that was spoken at home was either like some kind of Hispanic language or Spanish language or some some Asian dialect wherever where because it wasn't just like Mexicans it was people from El Salvador uh, Peru I went to school with um, you know Central 
Central America, but his, uh, Hispanic speaking individuals from not just Mexico, but all through Central America, you know, stuff like that. And some parts of South America, uh, El Salvador, I had, I went to school with some people from El Salvador and like, right. The, the class right next to mine was Miss Takeda or I was, was Miss Takeda was, I, I believe her name was Miss Takeda. I might be wrong, but I, I went to school in George Ramosconi, um, named after one of the, the mayors of San Francisco or something like that. Name was last name was Moscone. Uh, they also named the Moscone Center after him too. But um, yeah, in in their class they had people from Japan, Korea, China, and like other Asian places. You know, saying so I was in like a melting pot more because I was in Frisco. Oakland was more dynamic because it was a chocolate city. So my cousin got a, a little bit of more of a different experience. But I think I gained that experience when I went to Mississippi. And I seen black people doing a lot of different things and doing owning like the community mayors of cities. And I had my black football co head coach uh, in my high school. That I went to in Pastor Shan. Uh, I think he at the time he it was only four black head coaches in the state of Mississippi. And he was one of them. Um, so like saying a lot of those things were really pivotal in my life and kind of molded and shaped me to. To the individual I am today, I, I, I would say that I would credit it to, you know what I'm saying? But my baby cousin probably tell you a lot more. I, I know he talk about, like, you know, he actually experienced going to school with black teachers, you know, where I only had one black teacher in my elementary school. Her name was Miss Banks, and she wasn't even a teacher. She was an assistant teacher. Like, either they were Hispanic, uh, I had a couple white and pretty much as white and Hispanic teachers that I had when I was in elementary school, except for Miss Banks, and I think she was my fourth grade assistant teacher in the fourth grade. But my baby cousin can tell you about having black teachers in uh in the Oakland School District Unified Good School District. Can you, baby cousin? There you go. <laughs> Can't you, baby cousin? There you go. T tell me about your. <laughs> tell me about them teachers that mold and shaped you, baby cousin. <laughs> tell them. There you go. There you go. Tell them. You tell me all the time. Tell them. Let them know. Man, look here. I was just eating some uh, there you go. really good uh, Amos Amos. Uh, what are they? Uh, I thought you was eating some Girl Scout cookies. Now you're famous Amos. Chocolate chip and pecans. Uh -oh. I already dusted the, um, the Girl Scout cookies. They already got dusted off. Oh, boy, you ain't Hey, I already but, finished dusting off that pack, but um, I'm not going to get into this uh, rah rah with you right now because <laughs> I know what time it is. And uh, <laughs> <laughs> what you got, baby cousin? <laughs> so what it is is, it's, hey. it's just like you said, um, different but, dynamics. Oakland was a chocolate city. Yeah, it was. It wasn't like a Atlanta necessarily, completely, but it was. It was close enough. So. And then we got to remember we uh, several years apart. Yeah. So that's the other thing too. So. Yeah. Um. But hold up, baby, because I want I want you to touch on that, but we're gonna have to do it on the next one, because this we at about our hour right now. So I want to tell the people again, thank y'all for listening to us. You know what I'm saying? We be ranting and raving. Me and my baby cousin talk about that we'll snake. See we talk about that snake slava. 
<laughs> that snake's lava. That snake's lava. We talk about, you know what I'm saying, Boy Scouts of that America and what it and, and how it influenced us and being in the wilderness, how it influenced us. But I want to thank y'all for listening again, wherever and whoever you are. Peace to y'all, man. Be safe. That COVID 19 out there whooping on cats, whooping them with a stingy cord. Uh, <laughs> you know what I'm saying? But hey, real talk. Um, yeah, so y'all be good. I know y'all hear that music coming in right now. Uh, it ain't playing, but it's going to be playing. Uh, so y'all be good. And me and my baby cousin, we're going to get into that. We're going to get into uh, Oakland and the Oakland experience with my baby cousin on this next one. And then I'm going to give you my experiences too. Dirty South and Frisco. And my and my take, because we always go, my baby cousin, be he be hating on the sucker free. He hate, he be hating sometimes. <laughs> But, but we're gonna get back with y'all. Y'all y'all stay y'all stay good though. Y'all be safe out there. Holla at y'all. Peace.